Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Barrier, and I'm here with Sarah Hammond. How are you, Sarah? Doing great. It's beautiful weather outside today. So where are you located, just out of curiosity? Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas. Um, down at the lower point, the tip of Texas, where its normal temperature is 90 degrees, and today it's a nice 70. Wow. Yeah, that's a drastic change from North Carolina. I think we're well, I think we're in the sixties today, so it's not that bad. Um yeah, but we definitely get colder here, that's for sure. Yeah. So, this is our cold weather. Right. <laughs> so Sarah, tell everybody a little bit about who you are and um a little bit about what you've been doing. Thank you so much, Corey. Um, I'm Sarah Hammond, and I am currently the president of Atlas Electrical Air Conditioning, Refrigeration, and Plumbing Services Incorporated. We're a business that ha- we've been in business for over 41 years now. Um, and no, my husband does not work for me. Um, and we, we also started a pest company this year. And so I'm also serve on many community boards. Um, I believe that giving back is part of um, what is required of us as business owners. Um, and so I serve on several different boards. And one of them that I serve on is Women in HVACR, which is a national organization where women are the leaders in the HVAC field and tech, uh, wholesale distributors, marketers, contractors, and business owners. That's I me. would thank you so much for that. I would argue that, you know, I would imagine that there are lots of advantages of being a female in the trades. Is it, would you agree with that? Well, that's not an argument. That's a testimony. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely, Corey. Um, females, we just have a different outlook on things. Not to say that one is better, any sex is better than the other. Um, I love my husband. Men are phenomenal. I've had some great mentors. Um, but females just have a different eye, uh, getting a skilled trades person in can give you a different outlook, you know, and having the two, two, um, related together and working together is just the best way to do anything. So do you find that, all right, so let's take the shoe, let's take the other direction. So what would you say the disadvantages of being a female in the trades are? The only disadvantage that I can think of is that we are predominantly male. Um, In this field, it's about 4% female. And that is a disadvantage, one, because the female viewpoint is not seeked out as often. Um, And sometimes they they can be pushed to the side. Parents may not 
feel that it's something that the females should go into. And so there's less marketing, um, less information, less education to females to become part of this industry. And so there's a big shortage. One of the other big disadvantages is that because there's such a lack of education, we are at a shortage problem all across the United States. We are going to be very short in skilled trades people by 2027, by 2030. Um, we are going to have a lack of certified and trained technicians. Right now, your master plumber is 58. Your master electrician is an average is about 50. Maybe your HVAC tech will be about 42. But that's those are not good numbers to have, especially with our new generation coming in. Now, if so, the, the average the average uh, age of the plumber in North Carolina is sixty three, so it's even higher. But I would say also, if you're if you are a business owner or a technician, like or I'll say technician at this point, uh, you're gonna be making a boatload of money here in a few years, more money than you're making now, which is a plenty of good salary. Let's just go ahead and be honest. Like, I was shocked. I've only been in this industry a little around four years. And I was shocked to find out how much money you can make, just, you know, as a service technician or a selling technician or how much money plumbing and HVAC companies make, period. Like, I was shocked. For those that are going into the skilled trades, not for my employees, please don't listen. But for those <laughs> that are out there, um, Elon Musk was paying, starting pay $99 an hour for an electrician with a license. And that wasn't even a master electrician. That was just a journeyman. So, yes, there are some great wages out there. The need is huge. We have a lot of maintenance companies that are looking to hire within and bring in skilled people. Um, schools that are looking for trainers and technical field people to go in and train their students. So you can you could be teaching at a college level without a college degree, just because you know the skill trades with all the benefits that come along with that. So there's just so much opportunity that is available if you just listen, open your eyes, and as parents, we influence our children to look at more than the typical four-year college, to understand that some of our children need to put their hands, that it's okay to be outside, it's healthy for us, it's good for us to be out in the sun, some of that vitamin D, um, let's just change the way we market the skill trades. Yeah, I look, I totally agree with you. Uh, I do wonder, and I'll ask you, you know, when it comes to, you, you mentioned training and, and training uh, in trade schools and in colleges. Um, what do you think the biggest uh, hiccup is in the current training process? I'm sure you know um, Joe Cunningham. I'm sure you know that name. You probably yes. know exactly. So Joe has a really fascinating approach to this. And, you know, I'm sure some people don't agree with it. And let's just be clear. I'm I I'm not a plumber and I'm not a, I'm not a technician. Uh, I work with uh, companies on the soft sales, on the soft skill side. Right. So I help with the communicate everything that trade schools don't do. So is there. Would you be opposed to fast tracking the way people learn? Here's what I mean. So I also have an automations company um, and we work a lot with AI. 
I know when I say that, some people are scared to death of AI, and some people just don't really want to look into it. Um, and I'll ask you in a minute how you guys are have how what you guys are doing with it or what you're not doing with it. But we've like we've built out um, a technician bot that will literally answer any question on the spot. The reason we built it is because and it's for plumbing, HVAC, electrical, it doesn't matter. We we built for all the trades. The reason we built that is because I've seen time and time again the service manager is caught all day long answering phone calls. Like that his whole job pretty much and, and lots of times that's that's self-inflicted. Uh it's I want to feel important. And I'm not saying every service technician or not every service manager but I want to feel important. I need you to call me 30 times a day before the call, after the call, during the call. Like a lot of these things, a lot of these calls, depending on what they are, especially if they're technical, could be answered by typing the information into this software that we built. And so I would argue that that would fast track the way people learn. What do you think about that? I mean, imagine if you bring somebody in that's outside the industry. Well, I had to get a notepad because you touched on several different subjects, and I want to make sure I'm very clear on all three of them, okay? At least the three that I've written down towards the end because I didn't start taking notes ahead of time. (laughs) First, you said Joe Cunningham and fast-tracking technicians. I completely agree with his concept. I do believe that they should put in or implement maybe a year training with a um, with a company where their school aligns themselves with businesses that are licensed, have workers' compensation, that are completely full-blown businesses, one, full-blown businesses, and align themselves to put those students into those companies so that they can get proper training for at least a year and use some of that for their schooling. Number one, give them six months, show them the basics, let them play with AI. This is part two of your question. Let them play with the AI. People are doing it since they're two years old. iPads, you know, playing games, video games all day long. You can learn to drive a car and have better skill sets when you're on the road. You can learn rules and regulations. Give them the basics. Let them get out there and do hands-on. Because at the end of the day, you don't learn unless you make the mistakes. And I hate to say it like that, but as a technician, you know, don't step on those spots. Well, what do they do? They step, they go through the ceiling, and now you have a ceiling repair damage. You could tell them 50 times in a classroom, they're still not going to get it. You could show them maybe in an AI game and maybe it would resonate. Wow, I could really get damaged and fall and crack my head open. Certain things that an AI can do for you and build for you. Um, you also mentioned schooling. How do I feel about schooling implementing it? As a business owner, I highly encourage any of, any and all of your listeners, if you own an AC business or a skilled trade business, get involved with your local technical colleges. They are always looking for an advisory board. Become part of the advisory board. They could have five. They could have 50. The more, the merrier. Why? Because any information is good information that can be filtered. So we, I serve on several um, advisory boards for the technical schools in my area. And in one of them that we're doing, we're bringing AI equipment to help reduce the time that the students are out there and to help educate. And plus, you only have so many trainers. So while one trainer is with some students, you could have AI teaching modification, giving those technical skill sets 
to those students and you can even build faster, quicker communication. Third, you talked about AI automation that you've been, fourth, you talked about AI automation that you're building. So I'm super excited about that. One of the things that I was thinking about, not just service technicians um, or the master technician, right, is that sometimes some of these companies or some of these, um, some of this equipment, you need to call for um, assistance, technical training from the actual manufacturer. And you could be on the phone for an hour. As a business owner, that one hour is a waste of time and depletion of money because I cannot bill anybody for that. So being able to have service quickly to my technician where they're not having to Google and read 50 million comments that they can actually get a certified AI intelligent um, response, know which equipment to order, know what to troubleshoot, know what to put in and help them clear up their notes. Because one of the biggest things as a technician is you don't like to write a lot of things down. So if you're having the system help you provide that information, you can copy, paste, stick it into your work order. Boom, boom, boom. Faster service, faster work, better for the business owner and better for the technician. I'm all for it. Hands down 100%. Great job. You you clearly don't suffer like a lot of us here in the trades. I have ADHD. As you can tell, I went through four different things and barely explained any of them. <laughs> so for context, Joe Cunningham runs a 10-day a ten day course for both plumbing, HVAC, and maybe even electrical. I don't know. Um, but yeah, you great job. And that, that was perfect. Man, I couldn't have done that if you paid me. Um, so it, but you're a hundred percent correct. If I if you if a technician can just type in you know, whatever their problem is, what condenser do I need for this carrier unit? And it will tell you exactly step by step what it is you need to do, or is this the right size or whatever the question is. And it's trained on all the HVAC knowledge on the internet. So like not when I say internet, that, that kind of waters it down, but it's it's the knowledge base of HVAC. And it's just the knowledge base of HVAC. So it's not chat GPT. We use chat GPT. It's not guess. It's not guessing. No, it's giving you clear, concise information from the actual manufacturer because it's going to go to the source. That's a big difference. Right now you go to Google and there is no source. It is just what you're going to read, what you're going to verify, and then you have to verify it. With an automation system, there is no verification. It goes straight to the source. It brings it back to the information. Look, at the end of the day, we as humans are not what we used to be. I, when I was growing up, I knew everybody's single phone number. I worked with an attorney for 10 years. I knew every customer's phone number by memory because we didn't have cell phones, right? I'm I'm dating myself, but we didn't have cell phones that we used at that time. Now I can barely remember my husband's phone number, much less I just gave phone numbers to my kids. Well, I certainly haven't put that into my brain. So we are just in a different generation. So much information comes in, very less is retained. So as technicians, you're going to continue to have that. They may have skilled trades. They may have understanding. There's so much equipment that is coming out, so many changes in refrigerant as it is the new laws that happened in 2023 are affecting us massively. So there's just so much more in the HVAC department that needs assistance that we're not getting. And we're not getting that assistance and neither are manufacturers. And the the longer that we prevent this types of modifications from happening, the more we're going to hurt ourselves and the more the taxpayer and the homeowner is going to pay for it. 100%. So on along the same vein, now I want you to think about 
you know, these young folks, way younger than than me or you, um, I don't even know what generation. I know millennials below me, and I don't know what's below the, I guess, Gen Z. But think about the attraction. If your company has technology behind it, that's a huge attraction for younger people because they, look, younger people are just a different breed, right? They're just a different breed. They're, you know, they're not going to pick up the phone and call. It's not paper. There's right. no paper trail with the younger per- with the younger generations. So let's just take, for example, the newspaper. Older generations, and I want to say maybe 55, maybe 60 and up, for sure, 60 and up, want to read the paper. They want it tangible. They want to hold it. They want to see it. They feel informed. The younger generation does not want to even condemn a tree, you know, because that's what they're looking at. And so they go based on what is happening in the world. And so they they will see everything online. Now, if you're a business owner and you don't have things automated where there's it's paperless, no invoices, where they're having to rewrite everything, write their hours down, have things tracked, and just have everything automated, then you're completely lacking out on enticing that younger generation. Yeah. And you're really missing business because ultimately, you know, I mean, I'll just speak for most people in the trades are not the most organized human beings on the planet. Like organization, we most of us didn't get an A in that. And so, you know, anything that can help me stay organized is is a, a lifesaver lots of times. I mean, if I don't have to think about, it's like, I'll, I'll give you a great example, like price book. I know a lot of people, most people still have to update their price book manually. So I, I understand getting busy as the owner and understand that, maybe that slipped through the crack and maybe you just didn't update or maybe you update it as you go, which is time consuming. Right. Well, Corey, right now on price books, I would be surprised if anybody still has a price book out there with the way uh, equipment has been rated since 2023, the new sales, you can't sell anything from that was created in 2022. Everything has to be manufactured going forward in 23. You don't have pricing. Your pricing changes every seven days. Quotes that used to say, this is good for 30 days. Now it's good for five. Um, so no, the price books, that's, that's a thing of the past as well. You know, right now it is understanding information at your fingertips Anything that can help generate that, that's what we need to be looking into. Yeah, I agree. Um, so we've automated that process from the manufacturer. So you never have to look at it again. Like you don't even have to think about it, which is a, a lifesaver. All right. So let's get back on where we started the conversation, which is about women in the trades. So where do you find, um, and I want you just to speak candidly here. Where have you, because I know there's areas that women are going to excel at that men don't excel at in this industry, where would you say some of those things could would be? Uh, just in nature, I think that women pay a little bit more attention to detail. Not that men are not detail-oriented, but that women, because they second-guess themselves a lot more, men have this confidence that they just run off their shoulders. Women have to develop the confidence based on the marketing that, well, we can go into that subject on another ramp, mm-hmm. rampage, but we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. 
based on the fact that women need more detail for themselves and for what they're putting forward, they will take a little bit more extra time. They will take those extra five to 10 minutes to make sure that their walkways are clear, to make sure that they have all their tools before they get off, to make sure that when they go in, that they're presented and they're uh, taken seriously, especially a woman in the trades coming to a door. You know, most homeowners don't are don't expect that. And so you're not taking us seriously. Oh, she doesn't really understand what she's doing. So you're always having to prove that. And so, you know, part of those symptoms also creates better technical services. Um, as a woman in the business, I've been, have, I've had issues where I was told, um, excuse me, I want to speak to the man in charge. And I was mm-hmm. like, I am the president of the company. How can I help you? And they were like, no. But I want to speak to the man in charge, the the man. I know there's a man there that's in charge, not you. I don't want to speak to you. Mm. So I have had many different things that have happened to me that I've had to go through and work through. Um, And just to build that, you know, that strength and that communication um, and the ability to prove that I am understanding what I'm doing and that I'm here to support the community. You must have a good amount of emotional intelligence by now because... That's tough. I bet. I mean, I can't speak for myself, but I bet that's tough. I had it where my father, because my father started this business. There was a gentleman, my father and I were talking and there was a gentleman in the room that was friends of the family. And he was standing in there. My dad and I were talking about the business and he turned around and he said, in front of me, he tells my father, you're not, you turned it over to her. She's going to fail. Why would you turn it over to your daughter? She doesn't know what she's doing in front of me. And that was back in 2012, 2011. I've had technicians who have come in to apply. And when they realize that a female is in charge, they don't come back because they don't want to work for a female. The phrase in Spanish in my area, because we're predominantly Hispanic, um, is trabajas para una vieja. And they may, they, my technicians were made fun of at warehouses when they would go in to pick up equipment. Oh, and no. so some of the ways that I added that was I just stopped buying from them. And until <laughs> that changed. Man, that's, that's, that I would I guess I really would. I would never minimal thought of that. things, minimal things that we have had to go through um, as women business owners, which is why I ended up looking online for an organization where women were welcomed in the trades. And that's when I was able to find women in HVAC, which is, my heart, my love, my passion. Um, part of that passion is that we do we developed a scholarship um, ability to give out to females. At first, when I first came into the board, they were the organization has been around for 21 years. And stop me when you want to stop me, but it's been around for 21 years, and they've been doing scholarships. You know, the $500 scholarships, and then they were doing $1,000. And when I came in, we were able to ramp it up to 2,000. And right now, we're doing. Six $5,000 scholarships to women. We've done it for two years in a row. And next year, or last year, we started an endowment fund. So now the monies that we raise, we put them straight into an endowment. So it bears interest so that we will always have scholarship money to give out. And we don't have to be hitting up sponsors just to be able to find women to go into the trades. See, I don't know how, I don't know if men would have thought about that part. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> that's so, so that's super smart. That's a great example of thinking outside of the box, right? I mean, it's that's a perfect example. Uh, dude, that's great. I didn't mean to call you dude. I call everybody yes. dude. 
That's okay. Oh. I, I don't get offended. I'm from Texas. We're used to sweetie, honey. Yeah. You know, it's part of our nature in Texas. Now, don't talk to somebody in North Carolina like that. That might be different. But right. <laughs> in Texas, we're used to it. So I, I wonder if, and I don't know if you have any, uh, I don't know if you've run statistics on this uh, or or not, but I wonder if you gave the homeowner a choice, would you like to have and I suppose it would depend if it was a man or a woman, a homeowner, I suppose. But if they had a choice of having a lady come out or a man come out, I wonder what the choice would be most of the time. This episode of the Successful Life Podcast is brought to you by House Call Pro. Whether you're looking to streamline your operations, reduce paperwork, or boost revenue, House Call Pro is your all-in-one business solution. Transform your business today with essential tools and support designed to drive efficiency and deliver exceptional customer service. To learn more, click the link in the show notes. Honestly, I feel that it would still be um, the favorite would be a male. Um, just because of how marketing is done. Women are barely beginning to get out there into social media and show what they can do. So it's still not a favorite among the regular typical homeowner. Um, I've had some female friends of mine call me that are friends of mine that they're like, like, okay, I'm calling you. My husband has been waiting for his buddy for two, three days to come fix this AC. They haven't done anything. This is what's happening. I need some help. Can you help me? I'm like, I'll send you a technician but I think this is what's happening. I think you should try to do this. Let me know how it works. I think, you know, make sure you leave it on. I'll just a couple of tips. And then they call me back and they're like, oh my goodness. But, you know, I did what you said. It turned on, it started working. And now you're sending the technician over. Can I cancel the call? <laughs> but, you know, just think that, you know, be, people that are even friends of mine, it's more, they're more apt to go to the buddy of the husband and wait before they call me first. Um it's just the nature of the beast. And until we get more women into these fields and we have that, you know, ability and we have the marketing set up to welcome the females, I think it's still going to be a climb up the ladder. Wow. Um, that makes sense. And I, I, I could totally see that, but you're changing, uh, you're, you're changing how the industry is looking at it. In fact, Roger Wakefield and I just talked about this a few episodes ago uh, about how, we both believe that women are going to do great. We believe that there should be more women in the trades. And quite frankly, he brought up, it was a funny commercial and I may butcher this. Um, I can't remember what the brand was, but he said there was a, a commercial last year or two years ago where a guy saw <laughs> it was a plumbing company pulled up in front of the house and a lady got out and then it panned over and showed the guy, like the neighbor, not the house they was going to, but the neighbor started shoving stuff in the toilet, right? So they could go, right? I remember the, that commercial. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. So it, it just kind of makes you think, well, I mean, I don't know that I necessarily have a preference, but I'd be totally fine with that. Like it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't discount the service, in my opinion, to have a lady come and do it. Like if, if it, wouldn't, it wouldn't matter to me. Like, I think we well, would probably do better in school. Corey, you have to also remember cultures, right? Um, different cultures have baggage from the past 
that can prevent development and growth of the female in the trades. For example, I'm just going to take my heritage, which is the Hispanic heritage. There is still a lot of machismo in this heritage line. So having a female doing man's work is just uncalled for. And the last thing that they would want to do is have a female walk in when they couldn't even fix it themselves. So there is some training that has to change, mindsets that have to be shifted. I remember when I was growing up, my dad would leave with my brother to go do jobs and they would come home filthy, right? And sweaty. And I, they'd come home and I'd be like, oh my God, I want to go with you tomorrow. It looks like so much fun. I want to come home dirty with grease and I just want to go see what you're doing, right? And I would tell him, I said, I want to go. I want to go work with you, dad. And he would tell me, you stay at home with your mom and help her in the kitchen. And that's in my family generation, right? And so sometimes I laugh when I say the story because I always say, well, look at me now, dad, look at me now, right? But because that's how you're raised. So again, different different cultures will have easier grasps to modifications and changes than some other cultures may still not encourage or pull back that female in those traits. It feels like maybe the high schools would also be a great place to start, too. What we're doing is we're going into middle school and high school, but technically it's really got to start young because the conversations are not there when you're young. And you're starting to set up ideas from what you see and what you hear at a younger base period of what you're going to like. And so if you we don't hit them when they're younger by the time we get to seniors to, you know, technical school, they already are looking at something else that they want to do. And plus, because this is a hard trade, it's still manual labor. A lot of families are putting their kids into the four-year college not to do the manual labor. Right. Right. I mean, we're going to have an influx of so many attorneys that some of the attorneys are going to have to go learn some manual labor so that they can get paid. <laughs> You're right. And I look, I... I, if, if, you know, anybody that's in high school right now and they have a choice, and this is just my personal opinion of going to a four-year college or going to a trade school and working through that time and making money, you're probably, I would argue you're going to be ahead of that four-year degree person because one, they're probably not going to be able to find a job. Two, I don't know that they... Look, and I'm not knocking four-year schools, or maybe I am. I just don't know what they're teaching you in there in the real world. There's really, you don't get real-world experience. It's a, you're in a box, and then you, they expect you to move into another box. And I don't know about you, but I, it just doesn't sound appealing to me. Of course, I flunked out of college, so. Remember, not everybody is set for being in an office. You're sitting down for eight hours. You see the same four walls. Sometimes you don't even have, you know, windows to look outside of. You're in a cubicle. You're around people all the time. Computer noises is all you hear. You get annoyed already at home by somebody slurping uh, breakfast cereal, right? Can you imagine being in a cubicle around this, you know, same people all day long, eight hours a day? That can be very mind frustrating, consuming, um, depleting to people, right? Depleting to people. And so we just want to make sure that we're giving people the opportunity, especially young generations, to express themselves, to understand the work environments and give them those opportunities and options. Yeah, because, you know, 
you're right. It does start really, really young. And my goodness, you're you're fighting a real uphill battle. You know, I, I think, especially with some of the, you know, call it conspiracies or whatever you want to call it, there's a lot of garbage out there, right? There's a lot of stuff floating around our kids' schools right now that I personally don't agree with. And it's like the furthest thing for what you and I are talking about. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. Um, I do feel that the generations that we have coming up have different options and opportunities and are open to many different things. Um, And us as parents really need to sit down and become more parent parents as opposed to trying to be their best friends or just their friends. Um, One thing my mom always told me is I'm not your friend. I'm your mom. So I'm here to discipline and give you the best guidance that I can. And when you leave, then it's you're on your own for your decisions. But as parents, we have to do the hard work at home, but we also have to be educated ourselves. And in order to be educated, we have to be familiar with what's happening. We have to understand the different possibilities that are out there and get to know your kid. What's the best thing for them? Yeah, 100%. Parents being parents is it is pretty mind blowing to me. Like there has to be a separation, and you know, and I get it. Like you want the best for your kid, you don't want them to have a hard life. But but really, if you're not if you're not showing them discipline, if you're not instilling habits, if you're not you know showing them the way the world's going to be, they're going to get there. They're going to get out in the real world. And then what the hell are they going to do? One of the things I tell my kids all the time, because I have three daughters. I don't know. I didn't ask you. Do you have children? One daughter. One daughter. I have three daughters. Okay. (laughs) We have three daughters. And I tell them all the time. um, I don't know how to parent in this world. I grew up in a different world. I don't didn't have access to what you have access to. My phone use was very minimal. I had to have it attached to the wall and everybody heard my conversations. There was no apps and no fun things and nobody could contact me directly unless I was in a computer and I only had a computer at school. So I don't know how to parent. I don't know how much time to give you. I don't know what is should be allowed and shouldn't be allowed. I'm setting rules up as the airplane is in the sky, right? And so, yes, you're going to get frustrated with me as as your parent. Yes, you're going to get mad at me. We're going to have screaming matches. We're going to get upset about time frames and time limits. But understand, I don't know how to be a parent. I'm being a parent as you are a child. We're working together through it. So if you help me with those rules, then we can have a better life together. But if we, if you don't help me with those rules, we're always going to struggle. And so that has really helped us because now when I tell them, okay, it's 10 o'clock, it's a school night, I need those phones up. I don't let them have the phones in the in their room at night. I don't let them have iPads. I don't, you know what I mean? Like I just, let's keep that stuff away and separate so you can sleep. And, you know, and now they obey a lot easier, not because they're obeying me, but because they're understanding I'm struggling with them, what rules we should follow. And if they go with me to these rules, then we can work to less stricter rules as they get older because trust is being built. The relationship is there and communication is always open, but that's a different tangent. <laughs> it is, but you know, something I agree with you and, and it's hard to even realize my, my, my daughter's 14 and a half. Like 
I don't, I sometimes I just don't know. Like, you know, I, I feel like I should go through her phone and see what she's texting about at the same time. You know, I've, I've got to be able to trust her, but at what point do you, you know, that's a hard line to, that's a, that's a, that's one of the harder things that I've had to wrestle with, so to speak. I just don't know. So one of the things that I did with my daughters, because the first one I made quite a bit of mistakes on because I tried to be too strict of a parent and tried to control way too much. And so I saw the things that I did wrong and how to change hopefully some of that with, you know, my other children, because my my older daughter and I, we talk a lot more now. And so with my younger ones, what I try to do is tell them, oh, who are you texting? Can I see? Who are you playing with? And they like to play on games, right? So I made myself um, a username on the game. And every now and then, maybe one hour out of a weekend, I'll be like, can I play on the game with you? And they'll set me up and I'll get into the game and I'll listen to their friends and I'll try to, I, I die all the time. They always kill me. But I'm in the game for that one hour. Um, is it something I want to do? No, but it's something as a parent you need to do. Get involved in what it is that they're doing because they're not going to get involved in what you're doing. They're not the parent. You are. And guess what? That opens up all kinds of like little conversations because your interest, just like going to a, a customer's house, you got to be interested in what that customer cares about because they don't really care about you. Yep. They, you've got to know if they have a dog. If they have a dog, you should know their dog's name. The technician should be writing it down. It should be in the notes in the system. So that way when the office calls, they're like, is is P, is uh, little Pedro going to be there today? You know, is he going to be out in the open? Is he going to be at the vet? I know last time you had him at daddy daycare. Then customers feel like, oh, wow, you do care about me. They have children. How many children do they have? Those little notes need to be accounted for. I always tell my staff, they ask me like three times, ma'am, what's your gay code number? I'm like, you shouldn't be asking me for my gay code number. It should already be in the system. Anytime anybody asks me two times to repeat myself, I'm already frustrated as a customer because of my nature. So if I'm already frustrated and you're my company and you can't even keep notes on me, what makes you think I'm going to want to go back to you? I'm going to price check. I'm going to find somebody else because anyways, I'm just anybody else to you. But make me feel special. Make me feel important. Tell me, you know, hey, I have your gay code. We're going to be there at this time. You already know what I like. I'm not going to want to switch one. I don't want to deal with another headache. I don't want to have to train anybody else. You know what I mean? And you have to listen to your customer. Customer customer base and customer listening is key. I had a customer um, this just this past week that we had an issue on a billing section. We had to go back to do a job. And my office was like, well, he's just frustrated. He's mad. There's communication. And I said, well, let's communicate in a better way. Got him on the phone, put him on speaker, had my staff in the room. And I said, what can I do to help you? What seems to be the problem? And he's like, well, this is the problem. We went through it. And I said, I can understand that. You said one, you said two, you said three. This is what we did for one. This is what we did for two. This is what we did for three. Do, are we clear? Do we Are we in agreement on the at least those points? And he was like, you are correct. Now, when you say it like that, yes, I completely understand and agree with your staff. <laughs> and then I said, okay, if we're here now, what can we do to get past this hump and move forward? And great conversation. We're meeting next week. We're going to get the job done. He wants us to do all his systems. It's just a matter of that broad, open communication. Yeah. People just want their problem fixed. That you know, do they complain about price? Maybe do they complain that they'd like a discount because of, but if you're just cool with them, you're probably not gonna have to worry about any of that. They just want their stuff fixed. 
and for right. you to leave. <laughs> right. And we have to understand we're all human, right? My technicians are not going to be perfect. They may have had a bad day. They may, may have made a mistake. Nobody is human. And so when you can agree to that with a customer and you can say, yeah, you're right. Maybe he should have said hello to you in a better way. I apologize that he didn't have that conversation. Let me reach out. Let me have that conversation with him. But that's not who we are. How can we take care of you? What can we do for you as of today moving forward? Acknowledge the mistakes that human error has and then provide the best customer service the next day. That is how we have to live, right? That's what community means. Totally. 100%. So I'm glad you mentioned community. Um, I am curious, uh, you know, it's getting ready to be Thanksgiving. And I'm curious what you guys do. Do you Are you involved in the community? I would imagine you definitely do stuff in the community. Um, what I'm just curious what maybe some of those things are. What do you feel like you give back to the community? Well, first, I serve on several boards. Um, I serve on a valley-wide chamber. Um, one, because I think chambers of our commerce are extremely important. Um, in every state, your chambers of commerce are your small business. They help you with tips, rules, regulations. They can keep you on no. So I serve on a Rio Grande Valley one. I also serve on a partnership, which brings in legislative understanding, state laws, um, federal law information, and helps educate and grow our community in that manner. And I also serve on the Better Business Bureau. I truly believe that the Better Business Bureau, it's a hundred year old um, system. It's not an Angie's list, nothing to say about any of those. It's not a Yelp, it's not a review. It is a true business that will fight for you. It's an accreditation. One, you have to be accepted. You don't just get to apply and you get in. You don't just make a payment because they don't accept it. You have to be accredited. You have to have an A plus rating. You have to respond to complaints which means you have to be a, a business that is involved with the consumer. Um, so if you're going through all these different points, you're serving ethically in your business, then the Better Business Bureau is the best way to go. And they have an arbitration. So instead of going into, I'm going to sue you, you're going to sue me. Hey, let's arbitrate it. Let's get in a group that is morally, ethically guided, and they can help us resolve this problem that apparently we can't because we don't know how to communicate together. So there's just so many different opportunities out there in some of those chambers that are business bureau opportunities, um, you know, organizations. And of course, the women in HVAC giving away scholarships. I serve on the school advisory for technical colleges. You have to get involved so that you can see what it is that your um, customer is looking for. And the best way to do that is to hear from everybody else to bring changes and input into your own company. Soft skills is extremely important that what you're doing and training to these different technical fields, it is extremely necessary, not only in the technician side, but also in the office side. I called for some services. We needed some sewer service. I would call and the person would be like, I'm busy. And they would hang up on me. They wouldn't even take my phone number. They wouldn't take my address. They'd be like, call me in a week. And I was like, and you're in business? You know, I mean, it's just there's so much lack in the technical training soft skill program that people can learn from and adapt and bring to their business. Yeah, it makes their, it makes their life easier. It makes everybody happier. If you can communicate, you make more money, you have an easier day at work, you don't get fr as frustrated, the business owner makes more money, like everybody wins. Uh, but when you have poor communication or you... You know, one of the things that one of my pet peeves is when people use technical jargon. I'm a customer. I don't know what the hell that means. Like, you're not going to sell me something that I, I can't even pronounce. 
right? I like to reference um, an AC unit to a vehicle because men know vehicles, right? And so when I'm, especially when I'm talking to a man, I like to say, okay, your AC unit, you have an air handler and you have a condenser. What does that mean? You have a transmission and you have a motor. Just because I fixed the motor doesn't mean I've touched the transmission, right? And in order for you to have a running car, I need to touch both of them to make sure that they're operating up to par. Now I fix the motor, I've got to fix the transmission. So I might fix the condenser, but I still got to fix the air handler. And then now that I've got all that fixed, your ducts are like your tires. Your car ain't going anywhere if it's flat. The airflow is going nowhere if there's no air in the proper distribution setting. So I have to check out the distribution of air. AC cooling is one thing. AC airflow, airflow is something totally different. Let's get those tires checked. We've got to get them cleaned. We've got to get them maintained. You know, I've got to take care of you so you can be functioning totally. And I'm going to tell you, as a vehicle owner, your vehicle sits parked at night while you sleep. And it sits parked in front of your office while you work, for the most part, unless you're a driving salesman. Your AC unit works all day long and works while you sleep. If you think maintenance on a car is important, you better think again. Your AC requires double the love. Let's do those maintenance agreements. Let's get you hooked up two times a year. That makes so much sense. I don't think I've ever heard anybody explain it like that. That's so good. Makes total sense, right? I, I never thought about, and I had never, in all this time, I had never thought about the fact, you're right. I mean, the car's AC runs, what, an hour a day, two hours a day at most, and that AC unit runs 24-7. Wow. Female perspective, Corey, telling you. <laughs> you killed it. I love that. That, 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 was, that, was, that was good. I'm probably going to steal that. I'm not going to lie to you. That's probably the 45 minutes, right? <laughs> it, is, it is getting it is getting close. So where look, if there's a, a lady listening to this and they want to find out more about how to get into the trades, where would you recommend them go? Um, and then if there's a business owner or if there's an employee or whoever that wants to reach out to you for more information or to I don't want to say pick your brain. I hate that. But uh, I, I would love conversation. I'm here to help through women and HVAC. It's www.womeninhvacr.org. Um, look for us. We have an ambassador program. We are looking for people to help us apply, men or female, to come in and speak to the different schools. We provide the information, the education packet for you. You don't even have to create it just so that you can go in to talk about the skill trades to our younger generation. We have mentor-mentee programs where we sign up, you sign yourself up and you say, I wanna be mentored. Um, Or you say, I have great information and knowledge. I wanna be a mentee to somebody. We even take men, come on in, let's educate, let's teach, let's train, right? Whatever it is that we can do to to give back should be our priority. So look for us on Women in HVACR. Um, If you're looking for a scholarship, we have $5,000. We've got six of them every single year and we hope to increase them. So just follow us and apply. We had 37 applicants at one time. So we're excited that we're getting more females in. Um, and just to let you know, my master plumber is a female. I've had a, a journey electrician for three years in my company, and I'm still looking for an HVAC technician. So we're always open. Look for me online, atlasrgv.com um, on our website. Look for me on Instagram, Sarah underscore atlasrgv.com, or look for me under um, LinkedIn, Sarah Hammond. 
So we're here for you. And thank you for this opportunity, Corey. Tara, this was fantastic. I really appreciate you. I appreciate what you're doing. Uh, thank you so, so, so much. This was great. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember, greatness is a journey, not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at coreybarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.